Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah great. We're going to start today by reading Mark 1 together. So, I'm going to jump in at verse 2. Just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. Are we good, Ben, or should I swap mics? I can use the handheld. Try that. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptised to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptised them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate wild locusts and honey. John announced, someone is coming sooner who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptised him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw heaven splitting apart and the Holy Spirit ascending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. The Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among wild animals, and angels took care of him. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee, where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So those of you who've been around recently will know that at the moment we're looking at the names of God, and um, today we're looking at God as Adonai. Now Adonai means Lord, Master, and it's mentioned about 434 times in the Bible, approximately. Um, but it's actually more than a name, it actually speaks of relationship, and it speaks of God's complete possession of us and our total submission to him. So it's a name of power. It's a name that you can depend on. Now, you may have noticed I have a whiteboard with me today. Sometimes I find it helpful just to see something visually. So I'm hopefully going to like use words to map this out for you today, and hopefully you'll find that helpful. So we have the kingdom of heaven, and we have the kingdom of earth. Now, in the kingdom of earth we have these things called rulers. Now, David, are you able to film this? And put it on there, if you're able to do that, Phil. We're going to try something jazzy today, and Dave's going to try and film. So that maybe at the back you can say, oh, failed at the last hurdle. We'll see. It might come back. There we go. So we have emperors, presidents, prime ministers, kings, queens... But if you follow a ruler, your life feels like it's controlled outside of itself. (coughs) 
You know, we may elect people into power in some countries, um, but even so, it's unlikely that you will agree with everything that a ruler stands for. There will certainly be some things that you disagree with. It may be that you disagree with all of it. But even so, we need to live under this ruler's authority. Well, the name Adonai is Lord and Master. But as I was praying through this this week, I felt like the thing that God revealed to me is he's not like an earthly ruler. You see, the difference is choice. We have a choice to make him Lord and Master of our life. It's not compulsory right now. You get to choose. And so the difference is this choice is made by you. It can't be made by anybody else, only you. No one else can make that choice for you to put him as Lord and Master. And there's also a difference between the earthly kingdom and the heavenly kingdom. On earth, we need laws. We have laws. Now, our laws influence culture. However, as I was praying about this, I felt that in heaven, we don't have laws. We're not dependent on laws in heaven. The thing we're dependent upon in heaven is truth. And that's the difference. There's a shared truth. There's not disagreement in heaven. Heaven is in unity within itself. So instead of being needing laws, it has truth. If you set your path onto earthly things, you will find that it doesn't lead you to here. However, if you set heaven as your path, you will find that you can navigate earth with a different kind of truth. The principles are different, you see. So you may not agree with the laws on earth. However, you will see that they are powerful and you will know that you are influenced by them. So some other principles that are different between the heaven and earth. So on earth, where there is disagreements, we make war. In heaven, it's all about peace. On earth, we put ourselves first. In heaven, it's about being last, as we will know from reading the Bible. On earth, we depend on our circumstances to bring us joy. In heaven, we hold things lightly because we trust God in all circumstances. On earth, we fight for independence. David, you may need to do close-ups if it's not showing up very clearly. Oh, great. And up here, in heaven, the way is wisdom. And so you can see there are loads and loads of different principles. There's more principles than this. I've just picked out a few that God brought to mind when I was praying through this. There's one other thing that I haven't put on, actually. In earth, we disregard people that may have offended us, 
people that may be different to us, people that may have hurt people we love. The kingdom of heaven, we regard people, we regard everyone. So there's very different principles. To truly be free on earth, you need to understand choice. The choice to make peace, not war. The choice to put yourself last, not first. All these things come with a choice. And if wisdom marks your path, you'll know that your way is good. In the reading today, we read the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Now, when we think of sins, we think of obvious things that we get wrong. Actually, this whole mindset is sin because it's different to God's way of doing things. So when we repent because the kingdom of God is near, it means we change our way of thinking to this way of thinking. So the thing that we haven't like taking, taken into consideration in all of this is the enemy. Who is the devil in all this and where does he sit? Well, the Bible says that the enemy is a liar. And the enemy only has authority over here. He operates here in the kingdom of earth. He has no authority here. This is a really significant thing to get your head around because what you find is that every time our thoughts influence this kind of thinking, the enemy can take a foothold. Every time we think on earthly values and principles, we give the enemy a foothold. And Ephesians 4, 27 tells us not to give the devil a foothold. We're going to read Acts 5 now. And this is a story about Ananias and Sapphira. You may be aware of this story, but I'm going to read it anyway. And then we're just going to talk about that a little bit. But there was a certain man named Ananias, who, with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He bought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was a full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. And Peter said to Ananias, Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. And then it goes on to say how his wife also said the same thing happened to him. She also said the same thing as Ananias, and she also fell to the floor and died. Now, this story points out some interesting things to me. Ananias and Sapphira were pretending that this is where they were living. They were pretending to follow God but they weren't fully following God. So they were putting themselves first and their finances. They were depending on their circumstances, depending on their money to help them through life. They were fighting for their own independence, not being fully submitted to the ways of God. Now, okay, they come to a bit of a a grim end in this story, and I'm not suggesting that that's what's going to happen to you where there's battle in your life. But what I am saying is, Are there areas of your life where you're saying you're living here, but actually you're living here? That this is the way that you, these are the principles that you live from? If so, we need to submit them to God, don't we? We need to be thinking 
with kingdom of heaven thinking. You see here, it says we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. This one can easily be shaken because it's built on man. And this one is completely unshakable. When um, a few years ago, I decided to go on retreat for the first time in, I don't know how long, actually go away and be away for a few days. And I went to a place in Italy. It was a beautiful place. And while I was away, David held the home. He looked after our two boys. Eli was very, very young at the time and he had a toddler. So that was a challenge for him. And um, they freed me to go to Italy because I really felt a call of God to take some retreat time. As I went there, the first things that were going through my mind was constantly, how is the family? How are my kids? How are they all doing? And I couldn't seem to separate this anxiety and worry so that I could fully fly into the presence of God. And um, we were called at the first prayer meeting on that night to lay all our family down before God. And I remember feeling quite emotional about it. I remember feeling like, how are they going to be? Are they going to be safe? Is David going to remember everything? I need to remind him of this, that, and the other. And really struggling to get, but it was a choice. There was a choice to let go of that stuff. And God, there wasn't just a choice to get, let go of that stuff. God called me into something even harder. He said, right, Caroline, no more contact with your family. You can speak to them for this amount of time once a day, and that's it. And so... There was a set time every day where I could call them for like five minutes and not ask questions particularly about how they were doing, but just trust that God had them in their hands. As a mother of two young boys, I found that the hardest thing, but actually there was really a lot of freedom in it. I submitted all of my family to God and I spent all of my time, rather than focusing my thoughts on home, I focused my thoughts on God. And as I did this, this amazing transformation happened inside of me where I absolutely trusted my family that they, whatever would come, that God would still hold us all. Now, that may seem dramatic because I was only away a few days. However, there was a battle in my mind where I had made myself a powerful one, the one who needed to control my family in order for them to be okay. And as I submitted to God, I went into this amazing place of just healing, of not needing to hold the control and the power anymore, of allowing, submitting to him and allowing him to be enough for my family and allowing him to be enough for me. And I actually felt while I was there, if something did happen to my family, I would be okay. I was absolutely certain and sure of my trust in God at that moment that he was powerful enough to hold us that my love for him was enough. Now, this was where I was dependent upon my circumstances as the thing that I needed to be an anchor. Well, that was not the truth. The truth is we need to hold things lightly, even our relationships, even our children, our jobs, our thoughts, our habitual habits that we're trying to break free of. Everything needs to bow the knee to God. And it's a choice. It's a choice. I had a choice when I was in Italy. I could have said, no, (laughs) I'm going to keep thinking about them, and I'm going to keep stalking David with texts. But I didn't. Probably 
He was very grateful of that as well. This is kingdom thinking. Now, what I feel God said, said to me the other day was that when we operate from here, we're not at war with the earth. We sit above it. We're not trying to make war with this stuff or with people who operate in this way. We sit above it when, we can, when our way is wisdom, when our thoughts become God thoughts. I don't know about you, but I really want to undergo as much transformation as I can so that every thought in my head is a godly thought. I can also honestly tell you, I am really not there. That's my kids and my husband and Stevie, who live with me, and Gideon. (laughs) But this is my goal, to be completely transformed so that I sit above heaven, above earth, sorry. (laughs) Can we delete that from the recording that goes up? (laughs) But that's so I can sit above earth and not feel constrained to it, and not feel weighed down by it. Because it is weighty living on this earth. I don't know how you find it. It can feel like a really heavy place to live at times, especially when things go wrong and not as we want. And the goal is to have this higher way of thinking, to function with different principles. Romans 2, verse 2 to 3 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will, wisdom being the path. This may seem like, why is this connected to Adonai, you might be thinking. I think because it comes back to this choice. Who is Lord and Master of your life? Are you choosing to put God as Lord and Master over all your thoughts, over your actions? It's a choice. I can encourage you to do that this morning, but I can't live it for you. I can't make God Lord and Master of your life because it is your choice. I just wanted to paint a picture of what it might look like to live it out, so that we can see, well, actually, where am I going wrong here? Where can I submit to God again? Where do I need transformation in my heart and mind? That's as much as I've got to share with you this morning. But I'd like to finish with us just sitting with Holy Spirit. He is here. He's at work in your life. And let's just listen. Is there any area where God is calling me to move from earthly ways of thinking to heavenly ways of thinking? Because in Christ, all this is possible. We live in kingdom of heaven. This is now your natural place to live. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will challenge us with what you want to challenge us in our lives today. We open up our thoughts and our hearts to you now. God, we repent of earthly thinking that causes us to feel heavy and weighed down.
We ask that wisdom will show us the way forward.